for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. <laughs> Jim Wolfe at tntradio.live. Uh, that's my email address. Thank you to everybody who has been a- e- emailing me. Emailing me. What am I saying? Emailing me. I am back in my studio. I'm really happy to be uh, in the space that I know. Uh, I was away with my wife uh, over the Christmas period and took my gear with me, but had a very sort of makeshift setup. And uh, it's very nice to be back now with all my all my toys and gadgets around me. Um, as always, uh, jump into the live chat, say hi if you are watching via the uh, the live feed on Rumble, X, YouTube, wherever. Uh, it's great to have you here. And uh, once again, my email address, germwarfare at tntradio.live. I've got my inbox open. Message me with whatever you want. I don't mind at all. You can even be doing the show. And uh, I think it's Joel. Is it Joel that's behind you, Alex? Is it Joel? Yeah, it is Joel. All right, cool. So Joel, Alex, and I will be with you for the next hour. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, Todd Hayen. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, well, great. I'm back in my studio, but I see <laughs> your setup is also, yeah, but I mean, your setup is even more professional than it was uh, when you were last on. <laughs> well, that's just what you see in the background. <laughs> you don't know what's in front of me. No, I switched everything over so the camera was closer to my face. <laughs> I think You're it's in Canada. Okay. You're in yes, Canada. Sir. I wanted to ask you, I, I've been seeing some news about unbelievable weather. On your side of the world, is, ah, it, yes. is it is it is it very cold where you are? Um, yeah, it's not as cold uh, here as it is in the West. You know, Alberta mm. and that area, it's like minus fifty yeah. um, Celsius, which is about the same uh, Fahrenheit. I, you guys go by Celsius over there, right? Mm. Yeah, we 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 are we are we are modernized, Todd. Right. We had that conversation once. <laughs> no, it's um, it's I think it's minus uh, sixteen or something right now here. So, so uh, yeah. a very good friend of mine, in fact, probably my best friend, uh, emigrated from South Africa uh, to Calgary. I think that's more on the west side of Canada. Mm. Um, over a decade ago, kind of, and. Uh, so, you know, he and his wife and child have been there for a long time. They uh, just arrived last night, in fact, in Cape Town. Uh, they're going to be here for a few weeks. Ah. And uh, it was it was so funny. Just before he left Calgary, he sent me some screenshots of the temperature. And it was, I think, minus 36 or something, which is just yeah. for me ridiculously cold. That's just, I mean, I, I, if it's 10 degrees, I'm already, um, it's game over. And uh, today, the temperature is almost 30 degrees, so he has landed in diametrically opposite weather. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know, you're hearing, hearing quite a bit that this is, uh, that this is all um, part of the uh, geoengineering, you know, the weather being controlled. Could be. Uh, I just, yeah, I just saw... An interview with somebody about that. So it's, um, I don't know what to think. 
I mean, I believe that. I, I yeah. do believe that there's, I don't know if this cold spell is that, but, um, you know, this, this guy, I can't remember his name. He's, he's somebody that's pretty big deal in this area, but he, um, he was saying that the nuclear testing and the bombs dropped on Hiroshima, like, you know, however many mm. years ago that was, uh, is, um, was the start of the cause of all of this mess up in the atmosphere regarding the weather and whatnot. So I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, look, look, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think geoengineering is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, but I do have, yeah. Yeah. I do have some, some, um, some skepticism. Um, I think that geoengineering generally speaking is localized. I don't think for example, uh, chemtrails over huh. Calgary are going to make that much difference to me here at the bottom tip of Africa, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't, again, I don't know much about the science, but I, mm -hmm. I think that the whole, uh, what are they, the Gulf Stream and the, the way the weather rotates around around the round globe of the Earth. Uh, has, has, <laughs> Be careful now. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to get the angry a, emails, Todd. <laughs> I know, I know. I I don't know. You can't say you can't say anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. What would the you moment say you say instead? global, the moment you say global, yeah, you get an trouble. email from somebody. Ah, uh, how can you say the globe? The Earth is flat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And that's that's really picking up a lot of steam too. The whole flat Earth. Mm. I'm seeing seeing that show up everywhere. It used to be a real fringy kind of thing, and now it's like it's like every fashionable and. Yeah, it's very fashionable. And uh, I still can't say anything about it because I haven't looked into it enough. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to sit here, the, sit here and the gentleman, say it's nonsense. The gentleman to whom you are referring about geoengineering, I think, is Dane Wigington. I've interviewed him. Great guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm. very cool guy. Yeah, so mm, you've interviewed yes, him. Very, very smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Yeah, you um, know, it's it's very very hard. It's very hard for me, and I'm sure a lot of other people feel this way. It's very hard for me to discount these people. You know, it's like you can you can tell if somebody is insane. It's it's not that difficult to mm. tell if somebody is, uh, you know, has has delusional ideas or is in out of touch with quote unquote reality, what we call reality. It's it's not that it's not that hard to to see that, um, and these people that are talking like he does and quite a few others, they're they're not crazy, and you really have to just say, oh well, I don't believe anything they say. Uh, for what reason? Why? Why would you not believe what they have to say? It's very I, very hard. I no longer think that. People on the fringe are on nutcases. I mean, 10 years ago, five years ago, even Todd, I would have thought many, many of those sorts of people are, are just clowns, you know, fringe lunatics. Mm -hmm. But right. I don't know who this quote actually is attributed to. It tends to always point to Einstein, but I don't think that's true. Nevertheless, the quote goes something along the lines of, um, I'm not interested in the nine scientists who agree with me. I'm interested in the one that doesn't. 
Uh, and that ah. says something about listening to people who are on the outskirts, you know, on, on the parameters of the Overton window. Right. 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 I feel that way too. And mm. any, any official word, like anything coming from the government or coming from a big corporation, big pharma, you got to take that in my view with a huge grain of salt. And of course, nowadays, you know, it dump a whole truckload of salt on it. But even back in the day when, salt pen. when there was some, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where there was some credibility, if there ever was, in those large paid off institutions of scientists mm. and, and big pharma and whatever, if, if you're going to, if, if you're up in the air with what you're believing or who you're believing, it's, it's better to choose the opposite of that because there's too much bias, there's too much influence compared yeah. to just the person that has nothing to lose. I think I've said this to you before, but I quite like Nassim Taleb's general uh, view on this. And I have to add a disclaimer. Nassim Taleb, I think, I don't know what he did, what he did, but he kind of just fell into the toilet during COVID. But, he, you know, everything that, that he wrote about, he kind of didn't apply to himself. But that being said, um, he, he wrote some really great books. Um, one of them that had a big influence on me is uh, Skin in the Game. And uh, ah, he, he makes the argument that the people with, and it's, it's, it's mostly about risk and taking risks. And he, he kind of makes the point that the people in whom you want to perhaps put more trust or faith are those who have more skin in the game. In other words, those who have more to lose. So right, I'll give an example. Right. Fox, Fox, Fox and CNN are both very, very big news networks on fairly opposing sides of the political spectrum, which is irrelevant because both of them are, are fairly close to power. If Trump is the president, then Fox is fairly close to power. If Biden is the president, then CNN is fairly close to power, if that makes sense. And if, uh -huh. if either of those net, if either of the networks get their stories wrong, it doesn't matter. They can just add a retraction at the bottom of the website or say, oh, sorry, we got, we got it wrong and nothing will happen to them and they'll just continue. But if somebody mm -hmm. like my friend Nick Hudson from Panda got things very wrong, nobody would, would support Panda anymore. They would just go somewhere else. So in other words, Nick has more skin in the game than, I don't know, uh, dare I say, Tucker Carlson when you're still at Fox. Right. Well, there, there also is that uh, it doesn't take anything to pull somebody out of favor in, in mm. that arena. Um, it's like, just like you're saying, but a little different perspective to it. Like if Fauci says something or did when he was around, said something wrong, uh, it, yeah, but wouldn't it wouldn't matter. tarnish him. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've, I've noticed that becoming more and more prevalent, this, this pulling people off of their pedestals and especially our people on our side of the fence, you know, um, and the whole Gaza thing, the whole Israeli Palestine issue has seen, seen, seems to have been a deal breaker you know, on our side, because it's the first time that people are not agreeing. There yeah. are some really hard exactly. People on on our side that are saying, "Ah, blow the smithereens out of those Palestinians. They deserve it. Enough's mm. enough." 
And yep. then there's the opposite, of course. And so we've had a lot of division occurring, like even uh, RFK, Robert Kennedy Jr., who is uh, a sweetheart for a lot of people on our side of the fence, has lost a lot of favor because of his support of what Israel but that is just, doing. That just shows me, Todd, that there is no outside of the fence, so to speak. Uh, we like to think that because it makes us feel better um, about ourselves and our choices. But then suddenly you, you see something that's going on in the Middle East and people around you are in total disagreement. Uh, and you th we're thinking, well, what's going on? How did this happen? Uh, and, and we saw that already happening with Ukraine, uh, you know, and, um, and bit by bit, you, you, f you see more and more people who, who you thought might have been on your side and they're no longer. And also be careful because the moment you say, I think it's a pretty bad idea for uh, Israel to be shooting rockets at, you know, innocent women and babies. Uh, maybe a ceasefire is a good idea. Suddenly you get called an anti-Semite and you hate Jews and you just want Israel wiped mm -hmm. off the map. Uh, just because uh -huh. you prefer rockets not being fired. It, people on, I've found that three years ago who would have been on our side with COVID have completely lost their mind when it comes to Gaza, for example. You know, I yeah, absolutely. I, I it, it seems to me to be more of a political. Uh, mm. it, it's like like with with uh, Ukraine and Russia, our side, quote unquote. Um, has been politically focused on this idea of NATO uh, and that Ukraine should not be, you know, getting in cahoots with NATO and with Western Europe and with the United States and whatnot. And we can all kind of agree on that because we're all kind of anti-big government, anti-agenda, anti-central uh, governing, global governing. <laughs> but the Gaza and Israel thing, the, the, there is no... There is no side to take politically. Exactly. Um, it's it's like it's genocide. It's killing on either either end of it. You know, if if you're an Israeli or a Jew and you feel like, you know, the 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 Palestinians or the Arabs or the Muslims, whatever whichever group you want to call it, have been at you for you know fifty, sixty, mm. seventy years. Um. But then you go to the other side, it's killing regardless of how you look at it. And yeah, I think exactly. a lot of people on our side of the fence do look at it politically and feel Correct. that Israel mm -hmm. is on the right side of things politically. I, I've, been trying to, I've been trying to wrap my head around that. Um, and there's a psychological element for me that's quite interesting, Todd. Um, I've said from the start of this whole thing that I wasn't going to take sides. I think it's a, I, I don't know how to explain this, but I think it's a morally superior position to take sides with neither. I'm, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not a Jew. So, and I'm not an Israeli and I'm not a Palestinian. Why on earth would I want to suddenly have a dog in that fight? Um, mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. I am an, an African and I've got my own battles to fight here in South Africa. Uh, but I can right. nevertheless observe and build an opinion right. based on what I, I, I understand. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people who blindly take the side of Israel, A, have lost sight of the global agendas. They forget that there are central bankers, there are 
big, much bigger actors involved playing a game of chess, uh, and that Israel is just one piece in that game, you know, in that larger game. It's not central, if that, if that makes sense. And then the other thing is, I think a lot of, uh, let's say, people who have a Christian upbringing or Christ, culturally Christian background have been caught up in the, the, the world of Christian Zionism, which I think in itself is a strange thing. Um, if you look at the United States, 60, 70, 80 million Christians will call themselves Zionists, even presidents, Donald Trump even. Um, they will fly an Israeli flag you know, behind them. And I, you have to think like, why? You know, do you fly a North Korean flag or a Vietnamese flag? Why that particular country? Um, you know, that's in the middle of the desert, in the Middle East. And I, I suspect a lot of it has to do with a religious upbringing. That's, that's my personal view. So this is another subject I'm not really up on, but so you're mm -hmm. saying the Zionist is still the, the Israeli concept of a, of a, of a, a theocracy, theocracy state. I think it's, no, I think, yeah, I think it's more complex. Tell you what, let me just give you my thoughts after the break. Um, then I'll have a bit more time. Uh -huh. So Todd Hayden, don't go anywhere. My name is German. This is TNT. You should hear what Charlie Robinson is talking about. I think once we saw the supply chain issues uh, that happened during the COVID debacle, you go, well, that seems bad for the, you know, when you're fighting somebody for toilet paper, but it could be worse, right? It could be the last can of food. So people are starting to reevaluate and reassess their situations and their relationship with supply chains and the like. And I think what that does is it leads you to a place of saying, how can I make myself less dependent on the system? It's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Where would you suggest we even begin with this process? Yeah, it's funny you said that because someone said to me recently and it made me laugh that this is going to be the kind of collapse where the Burger King's still open. I, I think that's what's probably lulling people into a false sense of security in that everything when we go to the city kind of appears normal unless you're in one of those really crazy drug adult cities. But for most people, I would say, Charlie, it feels normal, but it ain't normal. <laughs> the world yeah. is not normal. It's completely gone off kilter. Charlie Robinson on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the type 1 community, and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. You see, Todd, this is now the minefield that I knew 
I knew we were entering the moment we said Palestine or Gaza. The comments are going wild. Yes. Uh, very, very, very polarized. Very, very polarized. Uh, I'm the one that said it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm absolutely happy. I'm going to be chatting a lot about it this week, so I don't mind. I, at the moment yeah. with you, I'm chatting more the sort of psychology behind it, uh, which, which I find interesting. I just want to touch on something because someone says, read the Bible, Germ. That will explain why uh. we'll have this blind support for Israel. Well, I have. Um, in fact, I interviewed somebody last week by the name of Stephen yeah, Sizer, yeah. who is a reverend. Um, and and he, he gave a brilliant breakdown of, of how the Schofield Bible itself dramatically influenced um, the Bible translations and the way in which people interpreted the Bible at least about 100 years ago. And it, it, it infiltrated most Bibles, particularly across the United States. And they worked very closely with Oxford University Press. And it was part of a British-Israeli intelligence operation funded by Rothschilds and many others. And the idea was to push this idea subtly that if you're a Christian, you must blindly support Israel no matter what. And, um, and I think that there is a, there's another sort of deep state undertone coming through there that even something that we hold so dear, like, I don't know, if we're a Christian and we hold the Bible dear, we even need to not dismiss it or discard it, Todd, but just analyze and, and double check that, that we aren't being controlled in a different type of opposition, if that makes sense. Controlled by the Bible? You mean? Well, the printers, the printers, you know, the printers and, and slight adjustments. Well, and before you know it, you know, like TV, you can have subliminal messaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one reason why I've not ever been a real fan of, of premonitions and, and mm. you know, future predicting and whatever, because I, I think we have a tendency <clears throat> to do whatever it is necessary to make that prophecy come true. Um, mm. And I think that I think the little bit that I know about what you're talking about with Zionism, with with the support of the state of Israel by Christians, because that's what's prophesized. Um, yeah. and that is, is in order to reach the end goal of the second coming and revelations, whatever it is. And I'm, I, I'm not speaking from a lot of, uh, a lot of intelligence here because I, I'm not a Bible scholar, but from what yeah. I understand that that's, that that is what's behind the impetus behind what you're talking about. And as a result, then we support if if we're on board with that we then support these things that are happening worldwide in order to encourage them in order to encourage whatever the bible has prophesized and um that to me is a false prophecy yes because if you tell somebody they're going to be in a car accident in six months you can be pretty sure that their anxiousness and stress and whatever about dying in a car accident could very well cause it. And if they weren't told, then they would never be in a car accident. So I think, but, but you know, Predic who knows? That's almost like predictive programming. Uh, wouldn't you call that predictive programming? Well, yeah, programming? it's exactly that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that. And and like you said a minute ago, a lot of it is subliminal. It's It's mm. like it's not... It's not even consciously uh, acted out. It's it's more of a an unconscious choice to be in support of what the prophecy is and the premonition or whatever it might be. Um, but the, the you thing know, for me, Todd, 
Sorry, go on. Yeah. I interrupted you. I thought you. I thought you finished your paragraph. No, no, go on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never finished. <laughs> um, no, I forgot. Now go, go, go oh, ahead. I'm so sorry. Well, okay. So I was just kind of thinking about this over the last week or so. You know, why is it that there is so much aggression with this particular talking point? People who aren't Jews and people who aren't Muslims. They're not Palestinian, they're not Israeli, yet they are so militant on this particular talking point. Um, it's it's something that reminds me too, too much of the COVID era with the vaccines and the mosques and how aggressive and militant people were. Uh, they had a dog in the fight that, that was unnecessary. And I'm just wondering, what is it about then people, humans, that make us feel that we need to attach ourselves to something that's extremely distant. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't have any attachment to what's going on in the Middle East. Sure, I'm a Christian, but nowhere in the Bible that I read does it say that I must have this blind, unwavering support for the modern state of Israel. That's ridiculous. I don't see it anywhere in, in my Bible. Um, so, I, in a way, I'm, I'm wondering if... if if Matthias Desmond is correct to some degree in that people in a way hypnotize themselves, indoctrinate themselves on maths. Uh, I think about what you're saying all the time. I, I think that this polarization, this black and white thinking that mm. has, has essentially descended upon us, uh, which does seem to be, uh, more related to the times than it was, say, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, is very, very unusual. And mm -hmm. we've talked about this a ton of times, and I've written about it even more times, that there is no in-between. There's no gray area. There's no flexibility. There's no tolerance. There's no discussion. There's no debate. You know, a situation like Ukraine and Russia or, or Palestine and Israel, there's a lot of nuance in both of those situations that can be discussed and it can be talked about in order to really come to a conclusion as to who's doing the right thing and who isn't. Um, I don't pay that much attention to it for two reasons. One, you just mentioned a minute ago that uh, this is all part of the agenda what's going on over there. What's going on in Europe is the same thing. It's part of the agenda. It's like there is a bigger picture there. It's like they're actors playing a game for the public to make it look as if blah, blah, blah is happening. I mean, I'm not saying it's not happening. It's definitely happening, but the reasons behind it are part of that agenda. So I don't trust any of that. I mean, I I'll sit and I'll say, you know, this is, uh, this is part of the agenda and I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, gee, I think Israel has a good point or even uh, Hamas has a good point or whatever it might be. It's like that's pointless to me because it's all fabricated. Um, the bottom line is, is that people are dying and a lot of them and uh, a country or a group, uh, Gaza and Palestine is being destroyed. And we can say the same thing about in Europe, you know, that many people are dying. And that's it. I don't need to go any further. That that should stop. I know that sounds idealistic, you know, with any war. It's like stop war, stop war. It's like, well, you know, it's kind of I've kind of gotten to the age where that was always the correct thing to say. Mm -hmm. Even back in the sixties with Vietnam and 
the hippies all, you know, or whoever, the young people, whoever they might be, were all protesting against the war and, oh, it's necessary. We have to stop communism and whatever. Well, no, it's not necessary. You can stop. If you want to try to stop communism, you can do it in other ways rather than killing people. And but I know that there's again, something sounds idealistic. But. Yeah, no, but I think you... You are touching on something that I've been thinking about also. You talk about, you know, stop communism and all that. And I have found myself questioning even that. I'm not saying that I like communism or I'm supporting the ideas or anything. But what I am wondering is my understanding, for example, Todd, of let's use the boogeyman, China. China is the, is the, is the great, um, you know, centerfold of uh, of communism mm-hmm. people always refer to them as communist china etc and therefore they're the enemy but something i've been wondering is hey why do you want to stop communism i mean does it affect you in your home and in the country that that you live in no so you want to fund ships and jets to fly halfway around the world to stop communism you know what i mean like this it's just a weird idea why you want to go and bother somebody else it's like you're living in your street and uh, you're going to be that nosy neighbor. You're going to walk up the street and you're going to check in on everybody's house to make mm-hmm. sure that they live the way that you want them to live. And then the other thing that um, I've been thinking about is also, it's something that Peter Bogosian said to me years ago. I told you about him. He wrote uh, How to Have Impossible Conversations. And he said, uh, you know, why do you believe what you believe? And I've never forgotten that. Why do I believe what I believe, Todd? Do, do I believe communism is this great evil because that's what I was fed? Well, if it's so evil, how is it that there are so many millionaires, super wealthy Chinese, they travel all the time, I see them in my own country, having a good time. Uh, the economy is about to be the world's leading economy. Uh, and most of the technology around me in my home is Chinese, it's not American. Um, and I'm not I'm not slam dunking on the on the US, but I'm just wondering if we have been fed even simple ideas that just don't make sense if you just open your eyes and have a look. Well, nothing makes sense, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, comparing China, like like looking at China as a pure Marxist communist country is kind of pointless because they're not. Yeah. And again, I don't know that much about the structure of of uh, China uh, Chinese Communist Party, but um, it certainly has taken and embraced capitalism to a certain degree, like international capitalism. Mm. Um, I I think the primary down on communism is the restriction of freedoms that comes with it. This this idea of controlling I'm the sorry? state controlling people. <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about the last three or four years. You don't years. think that? <laughs> huh? Well, show me, oh, show yeah, me a yeah, democracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me any democracy in the last four years that hasn't been totalitarian. Not anymore. <laughs> no, you're right. It doesn't exist anymore. It's slowly been squeezed mm. out of us. And, um, But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, certainly the big bad boogeyman was created in the United States back in the, uh, certainly mm. with the McCarthy era. And whatever to to really put communism on on the burner Divide. as Divide. being the bad thing, yeah. Divide and, and conquer. And you know there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people in the United States that were communists. I mean, it was it was very popular during a period of time. It, they they had not succeeded in in terrifying people 
uh, of communism, that communism was bad. Uh, because there were a lot of very intelligent people who were in the Communist Party and really believed in the basic tenets of, you know, give to those who don't have and, uh, you know, to each according to each according to his needs, from each according to his abilities. That 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 is a very idealistic kind of cool concept, certainly for a socialist or for a far lefter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, what what exactly does that mean? Well, I for me at least, the primary reason why I would not want to move toward a communistic type state, which I don't think exists anywhere in the world anymore. Uh, it's all totalitarian dictatorships uh, run by egomaniac psychopaths, which is like what you just said. Everywhere's like that now. It's just a different mm -hmm. way of of herding the sheep. You know, uh, they use the tactic of carrot stick in Canada and in the United States. Um, and soon the carrot won't be necessary. It'll just be pure stick. But, um, but anyhow, no. Something I, that... Sorry, go on. No, 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 I'm done. You just, I um, must just point out that you, you have these, um, these, beautiful pauses for effect <laughs> so i assume that you're done talking <laughs> i think it's an exaggerated a pause. problem here um there's, okay it's a little bit of a i was i was just about to say on. um todd that something alexander dugan said to me uh, a couple of years ago when when i had the great pleasure of uh, of interviewing him he said that basically in his mind, everybody should just be left alone to govern themselves in the way that they feel best. You know, the United States has a history of, you know, invading with democracy. You know, ah, we, we see oil over there, so we're going to bring them democracy. You know, that sort of thing. And when wherever the U.S. has gone, it's it's just left dead people and holes everywhere. Um, and in many ways, I I think that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you are okay with living in a communist state, then that's great. Um, I don't want to go and live in a communist state, but there are millions of people who think it's great. And there are millions of people who like living in a theocratic state, like, I don't know, um, Iran or, or, or whatever, or one of the Middle Eastern countries. I know people who live in the Middle East and they love it. They say, well, you know, it, it, it's the pros and cons. What are you willing to sacrifice? in order to gain in other areas. There's no LGBTQ cultural Marxist nonsense happening in some of the Middle Eastern countries. That's pretty great. Look at what's happening in, in the West. It's just it's just falling into degenerate chaos. Um, and at some point you go, well, what am I actually willing to trade off uh, for, for, some, for, for some other types of benefits? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, but I, I I think too that that anything that's negative about a communist state or these 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 systems that you're talking about is because it's it's an effort for the state to control people, and and if everybody's yes, just exactly doing right. their own thing, just doing your own thing, like you say, you know, which is kind of volunteerism or anarchy anarchy, if you want to use that term, it probably is the best way. It's what, once you start trying to centralize control, then you're going to run into trouble. And I, I always go back to saying that any culture 
that stifles the soul, that stifles mm -hmm. creativity, that stifles individuality, is a bad system. And we're seeing that right now. As, as simple as it is at this point, this is the first thing that the central government within Canada, within the United States, within Germany, the UK, Australia, these various uh, countries, the first steps they're taking in order to centralize control is to strip people of their individuality, of their creativity, of, the, of their sense of difference, their sense of understanding that they are different, that, that each person uh, it, it succeeds according to his abilities and according to his efforts. Blah, 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 just across the board. That is what they're taking away. That's the first thing they're taking away, mm. you know? And that, to me, is a bad system. And, mm. you know, it's not, I mean, you, yeah. Let me just quickly jump to a break. Man, these, these pauses of yours kill me. <laughs> I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jerem, this is TNT. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov slash air dash sensor dash toolbox. TNT. You're with Jeremy now on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Todd, you know, the, one of the meta talking points here is we shouldn't really be looking at other people um, with some sort of embedded hatred, like the Chinese or the brown people, you know, the, the Muslims, you know, they're always the terrorists, you know, they're the ones who, who blew up New York, you know, um, and I don't believe that at all. Um, that's and all, I think that's, that's all crap. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean that's, that's all like, part of that's the, all the agenda. I mean, the hatred part yes. is, I mean, they, they do, they mm. do bad things. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, but you know, they certainly have a reason for it. And I, I don't want mm -hmm. to get into this, you, you know, supporting the idea of terrorism or anything, but, but the United States has not been very good to the peoples of that region. I mean, all the way back to the, no, they've the been century. terrible. They've been terrible. Yeah. And L listen. it's like, I can, I can see being pissed off 
<laughs> but also Todd, and yes, something that, and, and you mentioned this at the beginning of the show, and, and I think it's, it's profound, uh, nuance, not everything is black mm -hmm. and white. There's a lot of gray. Let me give an example. I don't think I now, right now would be sitting talking to you if it were not for the terrorists, uh, during the apartheid era who, who fought to break apart the system. Now, uh -huh. a terrorist is only a terrorist according to who's looking. Because the ANC here in South Africa and their supporters didn't think that Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. People uh -huh. on the other side of the fence obviously thought he was a terrorist. So now you have Hamas, who are always called a terrorist organization, but they don't see themselves as terrorists. And I can pretty much guarantee that many people, many Muslims, many Palestinians in the Middle East don't see Hamas as a ter terrorist organization. They see them as a, an organization fighting for the deoccupation of, um, of, of what mm -hmm. would be their land, you know, uh, according to their claims. Mm -hmm. So these terms like terrorist and, um, and, and, and the hatred that, that, that is attached to that, I think is, as you say, it's part of an agenda for, div for division and conquering. What we should be doing, and I spoke about this with Nick Hudson on my show about two weeks ago, and I'm going to focus quite a lot on this this coming year. So prepare yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> for, for upcoming shows regarding <laughs> this. But I'm going to be focusing a lot on, on also the white pull concept, which is where you, you get past that cynicism. You know, you, you look for common ground. Uh, I can be good friends with you if you're a communist. I can be good friends with you if you're a Jew. I can be good friends with you if, if you are, dare I say it, a Canadian. <laughs> or in Alex's case, I can even be good friends with you if, if you're an Aussie. Although that's going to take a lot of work. Uh, but Yeah, I don't know about but, that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay, maybe we, maybe we can't be friends with Aussies. But um, the point that I'm making, though, is... If you look for the good, if you look for the common denominators, I, I, I'm pretty certain that the globalists, the oligarchs, the central bankers, the internationalists, all those sorts of people have a much tougher time breaking you. I agree with you. Uh, in fact, it's funny you bring this up because I just got into a little bit of a tiff with... Uh, a commenter on Off Guardian, uh, which is, uh, I have a weekly article mm. that I write for them. It's a great, great news source. And it was about Jordan Peterson and how Jordan Peterson made some comment about wiping out Gaza, you know, Yahoo to Israel to Netanyahu. And, and the article was written by a guy who um, who really adored uh, Peterson, Jordan Peterson, and his work, and really found an incredible amount of value. And after he heard that he was pro-Israel, he completely dissed everything that that Jordan said and has said, and believed that he's like a piece of shit and crap mm -hmm. and whatever. And so I made some yeah. comment about, well, you know, you're throwing the baby out with bathwater. It's like Jordan Peterson is not a political person. He doesn't have control over nukes and military money and whatever. So his comment about it pro-Israel, yes, it means something, certainly, but it doesn't mean so much that everything else he's ever said in his life as a psychologist or whatever is crap. But that's my crap. point. 
Exactly. That's I exactly know, but what I, mean. I got yes. I got blasted for this by one person in particular. And I I'm just like going, you know, this just isn't this just isn't right. I guess there's a line if somebody reveals themselves as a pedophile. Mm. And but it still doesn't change what the people what that person has said. Exactly, Todd. Yes, you know, exactly. It, you it you're doesn't, not preaching it to doesn't the change. Yeah. And I I find this very I mean this reminds me of Stalin. I always think of these people like mm. Stalin and Hitler or whatever. But Stalin did that. It was like if you said one tiny thing that he interpreted as against you know the 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 communist concept or Marxism or his government or whatever, you were dead. You were gone. And everybody was always shaking in their shoes because it's like Oh my God! I might say something that's going to be interpreted as contrary and, and yeah. counter-revolutionary. And the thing we're is, seeing Todd, this now. Yeah, and what we're seeing, I I think I've worked it out. <laughs> um, go with me. <laughs> Great. Go go with me on this. I okay. think that what we're seeing here is wokeness. That's wokeness yeah. does not only apply to people who are shall we say, traditionally speaking, left-wing. It applies to anybody. Yeah. Wokeness is a type yep. of postmodernism where basically it's, it's an encouragement, it's a celebration of narcissism, of self-importance. Basically, if, if somebody isn't a mirror image of you, they're a sellout, mm -hmm. they're a controlled opposition, they're a shill, they're a grifter, mm -hmm. they work for the CIA, whatever. Jordan Peterson is, in my view, completely and utterly wrong. Gaza, right? I completely disagree mm -hmm. with him. But mm -hmm. as you say, it doesn't it doesn't wipe out what he said, you know, five years ago about X or Y. Um, right. And this is the right. problem that I'm finding with so many people today. I don't. It's it's for me. It's wokeness, where either the every, the person says, Todd, you you must now say everything with which I agree, and if there's anything that I don't like. I'm going to now rule out and dismiss absolutely everything that you've ever said. There's something wrong with that thinking. Yep. This is complete and utter garbage. And, and, I, and I think we need yep. to abs absolutely attack that. It's, yep. it's something that I am very passionate about. Um, this is why I call my show the battle of ideas. Because right, I'm, right. I'm of the opinion that you can have multiple ideas. Some of them I'm going to like, some of them I'm not going to like. And that's why we battle them. Mm -hmm. We have a fight, and we and we and we we try and understand each other, and we try and persuade each other with with better ideas. Bruce Lee, I've said this to you many times. Bruce Lee said, "You know, take that that which is valuable, discard that which is not, and then create what is uniquely your own." Right, right, absolutely. Now I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because it's really been bothering me. Um, mm. I, I start to wonder about myself that I am willing to accept, say, Jordan Peterson's work, even though he's he's promotes genocide, that he's a murderer. And I like go, well, maybe maybe I am wrong there. Maybe I should just obliterate him. But but I was thinking the exact same thing you are about about wokeism, that that presentism or whatever the word is, I can't pronounce it. Um, that somebody, like if we go back in time and we find out that uh, George Washington had slaves, 
or that, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson had slaves, and then he's a bigot, he's a racist, and everything that he ever did and stood for is shit. Pull down all of his statues and to hell with him. And that is the cancel culture. And I think it applies presently as well with just this kind of example of somebody being a, a genocidal psychopath and therefore everything that person has ever said is now discounted or destroyed or canceled. And that simply isn't true. I mean, even Hitler said some mm. things that were interesting as as well as certainly he said a lot of good and, things and Lenin. But the, hold yeah. on. But Todd, this is OK. So now here we go. And this one's going to trigger <laughs> a lot of people. This one's going to trigger a lot of people. But even okay, the people you absolute, the people you absolutely hate, are able to say things yep. that are true. All right, Hitler yep. said things that were true. Um, mm -hmm. Klaus Schwab says things with which I agree. Does that mean I like Klaus Schwab? Mm -hmm. No. Does it mean I have any time for him? No. But he mm -hmm. still says things that are true. Bill Gates says things that are true. We absolutely we can't go in. Yeah. We can't deny these things. And that's why I said, take that, to, no. which is valuable, and then discard everything else. Right, right. And, you know, there is some truth to saying something like, uh, is, is Joe Biden uh, promoting genocide uh, compared to Jordan Peterson promoting genocide? Which one matters? Yeah. You know, yeah, Jordan Biden. Peterson matters more than, more than I do. You know, if I made it public that I was supporting Israel's decimation of, of Gaza, who cares, you know, but, and Jordan has a little bit more, more power over people that he has to be careful about his opinions, which he isn't, he never has been, mm. um, but Biden, he's a world leader and he actually exactly. has his finger on the trigger. And so I'm not saying that everything Joe Biden ever said is crap. But I would be more adamant about supporters of, yeah. say, a Joe Biden or anybody in that kind of power, because to support that means you're guaranteeing you're going to have more of the thing you don't want. But it doesn't make them, you know, crap. It doesn't make everything that they ever said crap, in my opinion. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of people that will disagree with that. But um, Yeah, but I mean... Yeah. Something that really, really bothers me is is exactly this. It's the fact that people just get dismissed. Everyone's called. I've never, I've never seen the term gatekeeper, controlled opposition used so much as I have in the last right. two years. Right. I've never seen right. the term conspiracy theorist used as much as what I've seen. People on our mm. side, so to speak, are constantly losing. Todd, they're losing because they're bickering and fighting over stupid things. They're, 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 mm -hmm. they're. They're fighting. They're fighting mm -hmm. with people who generally point in the in the correct direction, and they're they're. I don't know what mm -hmm. I don't know what the end game is. I don't know what the end goal is. I don't know why you would go onto a public into a public space and start trashing Jordan Peterson um, in in his entirety. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, protecting. Right. I'm right. not defending. I'm not defending him at all. Um, yeah. I, I think. I think he's. I think he's kind of gone a bit loony now um, since he. I don't know. Since twenty twenty thereabouts. But that doesn't mean it's that always been Lenny. Yeah, but that doesn't mean. I mean, no, I read his but, book. But What's that, it called? Twelve Rules for Life. It was a great book. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's. I, I consider him a brilliant man, um, person. Uh, but 
but what you <laughs> said nails it. It's it's one thing. <laughs> it's one thing to write an article saying I really disagree with what Jordan Peterson has said. I don't think it's consistent with with the other things he says, and this is why. But to the whole point of the article was I've decided that anything that he's ever said it, it was an illusion and I no longer believe. And yeah. my comment was saying, well, you know, you might want to rethink that. And then I got blasted for being an apologist and, mm. and supporting genocide because I supported Jordan Peterson's views on it. But. So in the comments, someone says, yeah, uh, according to germ, we should not point out a gatekeeper when we find one. It's Todd, do you honestly think that's what I said? Uh, and you know, we don't have enough time now for me to rip, to rip into the ridiculous absurdity of that comment. I have never said that, but no, of course, not. there's a bit, there's a, there's a meta no, point that I'm making and we don't have time now to jump into it. So, but there, there it is. If, if, if that's what it. that person wants to you. believe. <laughs> You yeah, see, that's what no, I'm talking about. That's why I lose my. That's why I lose my mind sometimes with, with with how clown-like, people on our side uh -huh. have become. It's black and white it's, thinking. It's it's yeah, completely like you binary. Can't settle on anything other than one of the other opposites. You you can't yeah. say, well, you know, maybe sometimes that's overdoing it. Whatever. It's like, which which have you um have you heard of uh, Michael Nell's Doctor Michael Nell's mm. just released a mm. book called The Indoctrinated Brain. Very read, interesting concept, huh? No, I, I haven't. I, I haven't heard of the book. Um, we are running out of yeah. time, so so just finish your point yeah, quite quickly. Okay, look into it. The indoctrinated brain. He has a very interesting theory about why this is happening. Just like what we're talking about. Why are people so black and white in their thinking? It's affecting all mm. of us. It's not just the sheep side. Um, it's coming in on this side as well. Yeah. So. so I'll end. I'll 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 end on this comment, and then I'll let you promote your show. For for me, it's the idea that matters more than the person. I don't care if Jordan Peterson said it. Mm -hmm. uh, to some degree, I care, I suppose. But what is being said for me is so much more powerful. Um, and and that is what needs to be. That's why. That's why it's the battle of ideas, not the battle of people. Um, but anyway, absolutely. Let's promo your yeah, show. I mean, I, your, I, your, your Substack, I mean. My thing. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> absolutely right about that. Um, we're so caught up into popularism and celebrity mm. that we have to idolize people, which is a mistake. Anyway, you can find me on shrewviews.com, www.shrew, as in the little animal, views.com. I have a Substack there and a community there of commenters and and uh, whatever, it's a great place to be. So check it out. I would welcome you with open arms. Todd Hayen, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back 2024. I look forward to more great conversations with you. See you in about two weeks time. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Love to be here. Just, uh, just by the way, keep your, keep your backdrop. It's great looking at your studio. It's very, very cool. Nice, <laughs> nice visual. <laughs> thank you all right todd thank you i'll catch you soon thank you uh alex and joel uh send me an email jimwarfare at tntradio.live lots and lots and lots of comments uh i love the fact that the comments are all sort of debating that's what it is it's an ideas battle disagreement's great but uh it's good to disagree i think respectfully 
uh, don't become insulting, all that sort of thing. But I'm going to touch on that more in the coming weeks. For now, on behalf of Joel, Alex and myself, it's been an absolute pleasure. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.